Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rife Martin CPAs. Today, along with CPA Allison Rife Martin, Philip talks about how and why the balance is organized the way it is, what are fixed assets, and how successful business owners use their fixed asset to enhance the growth of their business. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. We are back with an episode of Simple. Oh man, I, I can't even get the name right. Wealth building made simple. We're gonna get it right. We're gonna get it right. And we got Allison <laughs> back on today. <laughs> well, I guess gonna say we'll use some monikers here. You know, WBS, wealth building simple, or wealth building made simple. Right? I think it's dead. oh yeah, yeah. I don't know that we can really do that one. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's that. That's the you know I have I have like some some folders or whatever for for stuff, and I have to do it. I was like, I can't type this whole name out. I got to put WBMS because uh, yeah, it's a lo- longer name. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm kind of, yeah. <laughs> So today we're on fixed assets, right? Um, right. We are moving our way down the assets section of the balance sheet. So if we never, I know that we're doing this as a series, and I don't know that we ever talked about how assets are listed in the balance sheet. And it's, it's ordered in terms of liquidity, like as in how quickly can we convert it to cash? I never knew that. I learned something super new today. So obviously cash is listed first because it, clearly is cash. There's nothing to convert it to. But and um, a long-term, you know, then you'd move into like receivables. Presumably, you can convert that into cash in 12 months or less. And the balance sheet is also divvied up into not just in order of liquidity, but current versus uh, long-term assets. And a current asset, which was cash, receivables, inventory, and like prepaids, um, is anything that you can convert into cash or use up in 12 months or less. Mm-hmm. Then we get into long-term assets, which again are less liquid, um, have a useful life of 12 months or more. And then so, and that's obviously going to be like your tangible assets, the fixed assets like uh, buildings, machinery and equipment, like a computer maybe, or uh, I don't know who of us uses a printer anymore, but maybe a printer. <laughs> <laughs> Vehicles, trucks, uh, if you use a truck for your business or uh, like we say, a building. So um, what do you, you know, what do we need those for? Obviously, that's what we're using to help grow our business, like the machine or equipment. If we are a product-based business, we use it to produce the product Um if we, the computer, even if we're in a service-based business, we would use a computer so that we can generate the information that we provide to our clients, but they are all that we use to run our business. Um, they have a useful life, like I said, greater than a year or more. And what you will see too is obviously depreciation. That So you would recognize depreciation over the course of the life of the fixed asset. That's like boring, but is there anything like 
adding recover on fixed assets with respect to that or yeah no so let's so uh and and could you could you also say or fixed assets also be called like tangible assets as well i know they have like an intangible asset part of the balance sheet which is not this so this will be the tangible asset slash fixed asset correct correct yeah and actually and next week our last fun topic of the balance sheet would be intangible assets like the goodwill or the licenses that you have on on equipment or organization costs or startup costs or things like that. This is like a tangible piece of equipment that you use for your business or property that you have for where you've got your building. Got it. And so and so in 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 using your tangible assets to grow your business, you know, one way to use them is obviously to produce the goods or services that you are offering. What are some other ways that business owners use their tangible assets to grow their business? Well, you could. Um, I think Jason Grimes was talking yes yesterday in your podcast about um, you know how can you help grow wealth. You could conceivably look to um, you know maybe take like if you need you need to have a, a loan on it if you if that's how you're going to you know acquire your assets. You could use it to to maybe you know take like a short term loan out so that you could then have some cash to go out and do something else like in growing your business. Maybe like you're in the process of acquiring another business. Um, but it kind of goes back to his idea that where, while I know he said cash was not king, and I would argue cash is definitely king, <laughs> but he is right that cash isn't king, sort of. It is, it isn't king except that you need it to, you know, if you can leverage it, leverage the fixed assets to help get additional cash to um, grow your business in whatever direction you want to go. So he and I could probably you, argue you, that one all day long, but. You, oh, you, you know, it, and, and when he said that, my mind went to, yeah, but credit is queen and the queen is, 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 power, is, is arguably, probably, I don't want to say more powerful, but you know what I mean, of, of equal power, but more powerful from a credit standpoint. But I forgot, you know, you want to let people talk. And I was like, let me, right. let, let me let them finish. And then I forgot to throw that in there. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I will say, you know, the strength of your balance sheet is what helps make lenders make credit decisions. So if you're if you are looking for cash to help grow the business, there would be a great place to go leverage it. Like if you needed, say, to use it as collateral, like I said, for like, say, you're acquiring a loan, acquiring a new new business or you're doing who knows what else, expanding your your product line or your service offerings. Um, But there's there's a great chance. There's a great way to take money out of the business to grow it you know, do whatever else, else your next venture is. So, um, yeah, no, and, and so to, and, and, and I think, I think that's, that's, this is kind of a perfect segue what we were just talking about. Cause all, I think all these topics we've touched upon a few things of like, if you, if you examine your balance sheet properly and you manage it properly, A, you, you make money, but then B, you also, and this is why we're going to the whole balance sheet part. You also make your balance sheet attract money. That that you can that you can use or not use, right? You can decide. You can decide. I don't really want to use any more money, right? Uh, or you can use more money. The point is, why not put yourself in a position to where bankers like want you? They're knocking down your door to give you money, and then you're deciding whether you need it or not. Well, and and I guess I was thinking along those lines too. Think of all the mergers and acquisitions we saw in 2022. They didn't pick somebody who had a crap balance sheet. And how do you not have a crap balance sheet? It's because you pay attention to it every month, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that would be if you have like a strong 
you know, not just cash and receivables, but like, what is your, what does your whole look like relative to say like lending and how are you turning your cat, you know, your, your sales over into cash and all that. I mean, it's, this all kind of keeps going back to the idea that cash is king, credit is queen, and it depends on who you want to date more, the king or the queen, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. And and, and here's, and here's my last question on, and, and this may not be a topic for this, Con- uh, this conversation, but do you, let's say XYZ uh, Corporation owns real estate as a fixed asset on the balance sheet, but their wise CPA and attorney said, maybe you should own the, put the real estate in the LLC and own the LLC. That still shows up on the balance sheet in the fixed income section. I know that's a super detailed question. You know, I have to do that. You know what? That would be one of those. I'd have to have a piece of paper with me to write it down to kind of map it out. But I think, yeah, I'd really have to contemplate that one. I think I can visualize it, but I want to make sure I would be thoughtful on visualizing that one. So, yeah, yeah, because I I, I was like, I was like, I know, I know that'll, that'll, that'll that'll work. It'll show up in the long term. It'll show up in the long term asset bucket, but it will be technically a share of a company, which may not end up being. In the right. Assets. So that actually, it, it kind of leads into where, you, and I don't know that we're going to spend a whole lot of time in this, but a long-term asset could also be a long-term investment. So like, let's say you decide to buy my company or you, you know, you, your, your investment in Rife Martin CPA, you know, and that's like a forever kind of investment that would be listed as a long-term deal. It's, it's not necessarily a fixed tangible asset, but it would still be listed as a long-term one kind of a thing. And so, and it would grow as, you know, you get your share of, you know, the income from um, your share of the profits from my business. Got it. So, 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 so they're on the, so they're kind of in the same section, long-term investment. Long-term section, right. Long-term section, but different. Okay. Differently located, right? So there, it's, so, and then if you look at, again, if we go back to the idea of assets are listed in terms of liquidity, the investment in the business would be listed before the fixed assets because presumably you can convert your investment in my business quicker than you can fixed assets. Oh, this is cool. Hey, we'll have value investors who probably want to listen to this series too because this this is super useful stuff. We can probably like do 52, 52 episodes on the balance sheet and how to interpret it, how to look at it. Uh, they're one of my favorite books, and you would appreciate this. Only nerds will. It's called... Uh, something like Warren Buffett's interpretation of financial statements. So it's like, it's like how, how Warren Buffett looks at the balance sheet. And it's like one of the, like, it's really, I would not know anything. I would not be interested at all in reading financial balance sheets. Had I not read and listened to that book because I'm like, Oh, okay. I like this. Cause it tells me like how to look at it to make money versus financial accounting when it was just like, Here's a debit. Here's a credit. I was like, I don't care. Like, what are you talking about? This doesn't. I was going to say, you know, in the balance sheet and your income statement is the most amazing story ever. If you really just take your time and look at it, because just sit there and think if if they were cash heavy and they had little fixed assets, what kind of business do you think they are? Service. Service industry. What kind of service are they? Are they? you know, CPA firm versus an advertising versus, I don't know, a law firm. 
where and they you know you can start to tell like a lot a lot about where they spend their money how they spend their money are they a viable entity i mean there's mm-hmm. you it, the balance sheet and income statement are honestly very fascinating if you really just don't look at it as a bunch of numbers and glaze over because it's not it's it tells an amazing story yeah and that's and that's what i had to do i had i had to learn the key ratios to look at when evaluating companies i don't i'm not an expert at the whole balance sheet but i know Oh, if it's like this, you got to compare service companies and they're different from manufacturers, right? Software are different than, you know, CPA firms, CPA firms, the people are the intangible assets that you really, it's not going to really show up. So it's, it's, some, I, I, well, I was even thinking like where you said, if they were cash heavy you would think they were service, they could be a manufacturing entity, but they have an incredible collection manager who keeps a tight receivable credit. You know, they, they keep the sales humming, they keep, but they're like pay cash on the barrel head and away we go. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot, a lot of stuff, or you can even sit there and tell who's in trouble. You know, like, mm-hmm. are they upside down liabilities to, you know, assets or do they have, I've, I've worked with some companies where they've had cash to their cash to, um, liability ratio should be greater than one, meaning you have mm-hmm. more than $1 for every liability. I've had some companies, I couldn't believe it actually had 16 cents for every dollar of liability on hand. Oh, wow. What does that tell you? And how do you know that? Because you read the balance sheet and you're like, oh my God. Well, yeah. And, and, and from a macro perspective, you can understand if if we're in an environment where rates where rates are low, you know, then owning companies or investing in companies that have that require lots of lots of debt is maybe not as bad as if rates are rising, right? Then you're like, I don't really want to own those companies because <laughs> Right, exactly. And then it just kind of leads into a whole bunch more questions like are they up, why are they upside down and should you know if they ever wanted to sell like what can you tell the person who's get who's the owner of the company you are in a terrible position hurry up if you you know fix this or else you're going to have nothing to retire on Absolutely. you know Absolutely. so anyway good, good stuff we can we, we 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 sorry we went a little bit nerd on y'all but this uh go back and re-listen to the good content yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Which is all of it. <laughs> all of it, all of it, all of it. This is useful information to help you help you uh, help wealth building become simple, right? Exactly. Well, wealth, everybody... Wait, wealth building made simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, let everybody know how they can reach if they have any questions. Well, you can reach me at my website, rifemartincpa.com, or you can email me at info at rifemartinaccounting.com. And I would love to have a great story conversation with anybody about their balance sheet or tax needs or anything accounting and or tax at all. Awesome. We appreciate you. We'll talk next week. Talk to you later, Philip. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.